The sun is shining in Las Vegas, Nevada. Hello again, everybody. This is Harry Carey. That's the most asinine marketing I've ever heard of. Live. Bryant sends one a deep left way back. It is gone. A three-run homer. In the entertainment capital of the world. Didn't matter what the count was. It's the T.C. Martin Show. to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Oh, my goodness. That's the longest home run to center field we have seen in this ballpark. T.C. Martin. Way back in my feet, it could be. Cobweb, Cobweb, Cobweb. Holy cow. Look at the left fielder. He has the ball yet. He has not won. And here comes the Cubs out on the field. The doctor is now in. Hour number two. All right. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. Always entertaining. Fun with TJ Reeves. Join us uh, first hour. Terrible Tuesday takes, and we got more of that for you this hour as well, too. Chuck Esposito, the director of sports and race station casinos. Uh, Chuck got himself a nice little promotion, not at Sunset Station anymore, over at Red Rock at the hub of the Station Casino properties. I might so see more of them now. You will see more of them. And not only we see more of Chuck, but more importantly, some of the lovely ladies over there uh, who work in the sports book, uh, you know, Leah and, and, and others, uh, they made the trek over to Red Rock as well, too. So it was like a major trade that went down. Well, you know, Chuck and I, you know, we're both big Blackhawk fans. Maybe we'll go watch Mark Andre Fleury play a couple games in, uh, in the sports book over there. There you go. That could be your 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 new home there, right? You know, number twenty nine. Oh look, look, you got you got some Blackhawk hope again. I mean, T.J. Reeves just told everyone the two games in the season. You said they got no shot. So are you? Get some black hawk love hope again yet because I'm not told the Mark Andre Fleur, but they have made some other moves too. Seth Jones is, I think they overpaid for him, but he's a hell of a defenseman. Chelsea Dagger, please. There you go. All right. So, uh, by the way, you do know that the first horn ever in any of the NHL games was the Blackhawks. No question. Chicago you know, Stadium. Back you know what that day. horn was? What was the horn? The horn was actually the horn that uh, owner Wirtz had on his yacht. And people said, wow, we really like that horn. Too bad you can't somehow put it into the hockey games. And he said, maybe I can. And he took the horn. They put some speakers with it. And after the Blackhawks could score a goal, they started playing that. So, you know, in L.A. they have the train whistle, different places. But the horn from the yacht of the Blackhawk owner was the first one used in the NHL. How far back does that go? I think it goes back to like the 50s, maybe uh, even the 40s. But, okay. Yeah. But yeah, it, 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 it was a while. I remember a long, long, long time. Yeah. So it's interesting. And then uh, that so is the Wurtz, as you say. So that goes yes. with the Wurlitzer organ that they have up there, they had up there too? I, I don't think they were connected uh, yeah. with the ownership no. and that sort no, of yeah. stuff. But yeah, but no, but yeah, they, they, they played the organ and, and that still is played. When they built the new United Center, they yeah. took the organ out and they, they put that in there. So, yeah. Because my season tickets used to be right, uh, uh, on the end opposite of the organ. You're way up there. Oh, we were in the first balcony. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was great. Yeah. That is the old Chicago Stadium. 
Yeah. Place was a dump. Dump. Very steep seats as well, too. But it was it was great. Yeah. It, was, it was our dump. Yeah. Gotta love it. There you go. I, there it is. I, I hear this song. That's what I think of right there. Think of the old Chicago Stadium. Look at this, man. We got, we got a studio full of Chicagoans. Even though I'm not technically Chicagoan, but, you know, I love Chicago. So there you go. All right. We're a week removed from... Why do you make it when I just don't hate you and now I hate you again? And he's wearing his bear shirt, too, today. Um, well, more than one of them. It's been a week uh, since the news of Mark andre Fleury. <laughs> so we got to incorporate it part of a terrible Tuesday because Golden Knight fans still are not feeling very well about this. And then seeing the video today that, that we posted with Mark andre Fleury trying on the his new 29 jersey of the red and black of the Chicago Blackhawks. So how does the Vegas Golden Knights fans take this come training camp, exhibition season starts, opening night, and not have a number 29 announced? Well, I think if uh, they start winning games, winning cures everything, just like when they didn't like Pete DeBoer when he first came here. But he won, I think, what, seven in a row? Totally so, different, though. A no, 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 and, it, it, you know. it is totally different. But, again, it's not like they hate Robin Leonard. Right. You know, and so if he starts winning for them, and then if Bruce Wan comes on and, you know, and, and he can also get a couple wins and show that he's a more than serviceable backup, which it looks like he very likely might be. He looks like a quality goaltender. He doesn't get a ton of work, but he's not expected to with this team. You know, if they win, I think it'll be okay. But uh, I'll, I'll tell you, though. And I can't guarantee what the highest price ticket for the entire season is going to be, but I would imagine when Chicago comes in here and Mark Andre Fleury does come in, I would think that's a night that every single Golden Knight fan is going to want to attend. I just want to see the video tribute they play to Flower. Right, right. Because remember, they just took out a full page ad in the RJ thanking him for all his service in that. Was it genuine? Was it something because of the backlash? Was it? I mean. I don't know. There's probably a little bit of everything in there. They probably had a plan to do something like that to begin with. Some people right now are upset because of the way that Fleury was let go, being let go right before he gave his new list of 10 teams because a lot of people thought that Chicago might be one of those teams that he had on it that wasn't originally. The fact that he reportedly had found out about it on Twitter and they didn't contact him. And then it comes out that they took Ryan Reeves aside and said, where would you like to go? They worked with him on different teams and that. They found a setting for him. And a lot of people left a bad taste in their mouth that at least perception is that they showed Ryan Reeves more love and respect than they did Marc-Andre Fleury. (laughs) I'm going to make a bold prediction here, and this would only happen if the Golden Knights do struggle, especially if it happens early in the season. Just, again, hypothetical or total hypothetical that the Golden Knights struggle and they got off to, like, say, a 1-5 in start, and Robin Leonard is not good, that I feel the chance of flurry, flurry going through that arena if he's not going good, especially early in the season. And that would, I mean, that's like, what would be the odds on that? I mean, if he is setting the odds, I mean, that would be plus huge money. But I, I could see that happening just because that's the way fans felt about him. The love affair with him, being the face of the franchise, basically being the first guy here that they could resonate with. And he was strong all the way to the end. It's not like his flower shriveled up there towards the end. No. He was just as strong day one at the end of, of year four, could you see that happening? 
Um, I could see it happening, but I don't see how it could possibly happen because I don't see how this team could get off to that kind of start, yeah. especially in this division. The division is horrible. I know. I mean, the, the only way that they don't make the playoffs in this division is if they quit playing hockey in the middle of the season. This division is god-awful. I mean, there, there's no way that they shouldn't run away with winning this division. Edmonton can score. They can't stop anybody from scoring. Calgary is tough. But, again, it's, I mean, this division is worse than it was last year. Because last year, at least, you had Colorado. You had Dallas. You had St. Louis. You had some of those teams are now back in the Central. Yeah. Even Arizona, who's not that good, but they're out of the division, but they were replaced by Seattle. The three California teams, the three Canadian teams, then Vegas and Seattle. I mean, Vegas should win this division if they were told you can't play with four lines, you only get to use three a game. Okay, fine. The division is horrible. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Like I said, it's for, for that reason alone, it, they're, they're not going to struggle But if, if Leonard struggles. But, yeah, that could only happen if... You know they played some some top tier competition because this this team is still going to be good. Like I going back to I said like I said at the end of the last season, this team is going to be pretty much be back intact for the most part. They're going to be strong. So and again, I don't think they're going to be that void. Uh, you know, with, with Leonard and whoever is behind Leonard and like Double B made a great point last week as well too. It, they're going to have a, a quality backup as well, too. Well, yeah, the, the backup from Winnipeg, Bruce yeah, Wan. I right. mean, he, he's a good goalie. I mean, he, he's played well against Vegas. He's played well in a lot of the games that I've seen him play this year or this last season mm-hmm. and that. I don't know how good he is in the long term, in the long haul, but, um, no, he's, he, he's, he's definitely a quality goaltender. Mm-hmm. And remember this, too. I think they're, what, paying 7.2 or $7.4 million now for the tandem of goalies. Marc-Andre Fleury made $7 million on his own. Right. All right. <laughs> More terrible Tuesday news, and you know how I feel about uh, my TV watching. Well, get ready for it, my friend. Glad you're sitting down for this, because we have more bad television programming by our friends at ESPN, and it's actually going to start tomorrow and Thursday and lead up to 24-hour programming. Coming up on Friday, the Ocho is back. That's right. ESPN 8, Ocho, the goofy, fictitious, whatever you want to say, the nonsense. They're taking over ESPN 2, and ESPN 2 did this during the pandemic. Remember last year. And, of course, a big part of Terrible Tuesday was this programming. They are going to ESPN 2's regular programming of, like, maybe some baseball and some good documentaries and everything else is going on. Nope, it's going to get kicked to the curb for 24 hours so the ESPN can bring you the quality programming from Cow Chip Championships to Cornhole, and they're going to hype all this up to drive it right down our throats with previews starting tomorrow night and Thursday just to give you a little taste of what's happening. You know, I really don't like saying a taste, jamming this down our throat, and then use cow chips into the same sentence. But that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. I'm going to watch this crap again, all over again? More of this? Why do they think people want to see this? I have no idea. I don't know why any sponsor would want to be part of this. If I'm a sponsor of ESPN, I'm saying pull all my sponsorship for ESPN2 until you get this garbage off. But, I mean, saying that they're going to give a taste of it, you know what? If you're serving crap, then, you know, you should uh, have a taste of crap, I guess, to get it. Uh, See, it doesn't bother me like it bothers you. 
Because it makes it one less channel that I, I gotta even you, think about you, watching. You I don't care. I'll be watching the Olympics. I'll be watching Criminal Minds reruns. I'll be watching whatever okay. else. I mean, it's. I get that, but let me let me explain to you why it bothers me and anyone in our business is because I hate self-serving networks, and this is why I I despise the ESPYS because ESPN created this this entity, which is nonsense, to have their own award show to basically pat themselves on the back. And after they got some grief in year one, of course, then they tried to turn it into, you know, a, a charitable thing with yeah, Jim Valvano. The feel-good thing. The feel-good thing, which, okay, but it wasn't intended that way. It was, hey, look at us. You know, we're, we're so big and bold. We're going to have our own. And, and it, was, it was poorly done. And, of course, over years, you know, they, they want to try to become the Oscars and the – you know, the Grammys. Yeah, the they wanted to be the Oscar for sports and that right. sort of stuff, for sure. Right. And and SB sounded right. probably less arrogant to them than the look at us is. Right. Exactly. But this nonsense, nobody, and I underline the word nobody, wants to watch this type of programming. It's just, it's taking up stuff that we could watch. You know, if it was, you know, say a, a college time, if it was baseball and softball, you know, you could watch those games. But they pick this because there's really nothing else going on. The NFL really hasn't started yet, and they're picking a Friday night, you know, 24-hour programming to do this. But I'm going to give you the schedule. You want to hear what this lineup is? And you tell me if there's anything on here that any rightful sports human being would tune in to see. Table shuffleboard crazy eights. I don't even know what that is. I'm going to explain. Competitors meet in Dallas for a variation of traditional shuffleboard that gives every player equal chance to win. The goal is to accomplish a hanger, whatever that is, to which four points are scored, which is the maximum amount possible and is achieved by getting the weight to hang over the end of the board. Okay. I guess that's not so bad, but that's horrible. How about the Battle of the Burrows? You want to see that? Students slash players are tasked with designing and building up a virtual city in the game that empowers uh, uh, sustainable communities. What does that have to do with sports? Is it a video game? It sounds like it. Okay. Okay. Because Battle of the Burrows, at first I thought they were going down to Tijuana and we were going to see the donkeys fight or something. That would be great. I'd be down for that. That sounds more entertaining to me. We might be able to bet on that. There you go. But no. Another virtual nonsense that we've seen there. Of course, okay? Peter would have been all over him if they used my version. Yeah, Minecraft, the Battle of the Burrows. Here's one for you. Now, we get in a, a little physical activity on this one. Pogo La Palooza. That's right. It's what you think it is. The World Championships of Extreme Pogo. The game features the best Pogo athletes, didn't know there were any, as they perform innovative moves and enthrall, enthrall the onlooking crowd. That sounds like one of the pogo acts, sticks. That sounds like one of the acts on America's Got Talent that gets buzzed and thrown off the stage. Thank you, but that's 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 prime time program for ESPN too. Which, by the way, I want it known that I don't watch AGT anymore either. So it's 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 just, it's ridiculous. How about this one, CrossNet Sand Series? It's similar to another childhood sport that you probably participated in. CrossNet Sand Series, SoCal. That's where it's going to take place. An emerging sport similar to Foursquare. You want to watch Foursquare on TV? No. That's what you're going to see. Yes. A volleyball featuring a centrally placed net and four-quadrant court. Players are eliminated as the game goes along, and the winger is the first player in square four to 11 points. 
So what? They try to nap don't ask don't... me. I have no idea. <laughs> this is something we can compete in. This all air hockey invitational. I used to be pretty good at air hockey. You want to watch it on TV? No. Okay. The world. This gets me. The world championship of rototiller races. Rototiller. That's true. Competitors run full speed behind a garden tiller as they race up a dirt strip with the goal of getting to the finish line as quickly as possible. What if somebody trips and falls on the rototiller? That could be dangerous. Do they have that warning underneath, don't try this at home, professionals only? Then it gets bought out by the ID channel uh, off oh, of ESPN2. Yeah. The rototiller killer. Yes, there you go. There's more, my friend. Is, is the roto router? is that when the, the plumber's one? Is that later on or is that... Uh, Late night viewing? Uh, I, I have the schedule. We can look it up. The 2021, help me out on this one, dog lovers, Corgi? Corgi? Corgi. Corgi races at Emerald Downs. This is a horse race? Wait, they're doing it at a racetrack? Members of the beloved small dog breed dash down the track to see which one can cross the finish line first. Are they are they taking off the layer of dirt so they don't like sink into it and disappear? Uh, those are pretty little dogs. Yeah, Emerald- and, and and those horses sink a little bit into the dirt. Is it is it a turf or a dirt race? Because I got to know how I'm handicap- handicapping this stuff. Well, we know it's not a hard court. We know that. <laughs> I'd I'd rather go watch the Greyhounds in an actual dog race. Thank you. And there they go. Here comes Speedy. Ladies and gentlemen, you can look at the Corgi's names and their owners on the page right after race number three of the thoroughbred card. Number one is Sassy, and you can see on the big screen there the post positions. Number two, Chunky Monkey. Number three, Foxy. Number four is Finn Gwenther. Number five is Ollie. Number six in the black will be Kygo. Number seven, Sarah. Number eight, Alice's Wonderland. Number nine is Fletcher. Number ten is Nemo. Can Here I we go, folks? The first of the Corgi races. Can I uh, get a wheel box with Chunky rocked. Monkey, please? There they go. It's Sassy breaking like a shot. Come on, and Chunky Finn Monkey. Gwether Come on, Chunky Monkey. It's Finn Gwether, the winner from Sassy. Damn, that was quick. How far do they race? Like. 10 feet? <laughs> I think it's a, a 12 yard. Who knows? You can watch it this weekend. Yeah, I think I'm busy. That Here we go, my friend. The 52nd annual, 52nd annual World Championship Cow Chip Throwing Contest. Now, where could this take place? Well, uh, there's a, a lot of places. Pick a state. Give me one. Uh, Iowa. He says Iowa. Try south. More south. Texas. Well, I'm not guessing every damn 50 state. Where's it at? They're getting the next one. They're going to the SEC. <laughs> Oklahoma. There it is. Of course it is. I mean, it could have been Wisconsin. But, uh, I, I mean, it, so. you know. Yeah, you're, you're close. Well, no, but I'm saying, you, I mean, it, it, but, but, but instead of cow chips, they do cow, the cow chipping. chips. Very nice. <laughs> Originally in Oklahoma, the cow chip Capital of the world consists of contestants throwing dried cow feces to see who can make it the farthest distance. Now, I do know that my dad claimed that when he was a youngster, a boy, that they would go out to the fields and that, and they would use dry cow chips for the bases when they would play baseball. As long as no one's putting it in a pot and cooking it. Uh, As long as it doesn't get hot and it starts melting. (laughs) Did anybody wear gloves when they did this? I have no idea. I didn't. I didn't really for pursue it that much further. 
The no, this is 2020, so I guess we're going to see a replay. The 2020, or maybe it's like the Olympics. Maybe yeah. it was scheduled for last year and they it was postponed due to the pandemic. The USA <laughs> Mullet Championship. So I take a gander uh, what the rules are for that one. Um, you have to have a mullet. <laughs> it's business in the front and party in the back for contestants with the much talked about hairstyle, whose mullets are judged for a chance to win the mullet mega money pot. Is Billy Ray Cyrus a judge in this one? He should be the favorite. How's that? The 20- a lot of hockey players. You know, in Minnesota, they actually have the the, the salad and the and the mullet and that kind of stuff. That's a, that's a big thing up there. How about, uh, what's his name? Uh, McBride? You know, D- Danny McBride. Remember him? Yeah. The, the actor. Uh, the 2021 U.S. Air Guitar Championships. Musicians are invisible. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> So they're using invisible instruments to perform songs for judges okay, so, in so, hopes of becoming. So the, the guitars are invisible because you said musicians are invisible. Yeah. Invisible. Well, they both are because they're really not musicians because they're not playing a damn thing. But that's going to be hard to judge if, if you can't see them how good they're doing or not. And don't forget the world-class chase tag championships. That's actually like on one of the networks and that kind of yeah. stuff now. That, that, that's probably why it's, it's on their network. No, yeah. no, but I mean, it's like on NBC or oh, ABC yeah. or something. Yeah. They, they have like, I mean, it's one of those game right. show things that they, and here's your chasers, right. and here's your, it's like, All right, so here's, here's the schedule. So we got uh, Disc Golf, the Portland Open. We got Foosballers documentary, a documentary about Foosballers. We've got, uh, we're going to go back to 2019. The World Sign Spinning Championship. I remember watching that last year. We watched. I saw bit. some people practice it. There, there used yeah. to be a class out here in a park that they would teach some guys how to do that, that stand on the street corners. Well, and yeah, that. they get paid for that. Uh, the 46th Annual Cherry Pit Spinning Championship. I saw that once when I was yeah. channel surfing. I thought it was a duck. And they were like, oh, he caught an edge. It's rolling. And I'm like, well, it's just a game of luck. We've got the marble runs. I have no idea what that means. Is, is that sound? Hopefully they have to run in a course with marbles all over it, and they're slipping and falling and wiping out all of them. Yeah, I just, now that I might watch. Okay, I thought it might be something else, you know. The marble runs. Throw some marbles up the sphincter. And... Wow, I, I'm not Well, we're talking even, cow shipping here. I'm not even going there. The World Death Diving Championship. The American E-Cart Championship. Dodge juggle. Oh, remember this one? The guys are throwing the dodgeball while they're juggling. They're firing. Yeah, well, a guy's trying to juggle. Nonsense. You know, that that actually reminds me of a story that I heard about the, the badminton teams from China. One of the things that they would do, their coaches, to get them used to all the competition and everything, yes. when they're at the net trying to hit smashes and that, they throw frisbees at them while they're doing that there it is. to help on their concentration. Uh, so I'm, I'll take the Chinese team in that one. Uh, arm wrestling, <laughs> which is probably the closest thing to have a real sport. Is is Rocky going to be there uh, over the top? Yeah, over the top. Let me take my hat and turn it backwards. Oh, yeah. Uh, professional. Uh, Terry Funk, I believe, was in that movie as well, too. I remember when, when he was filming that uh, here in Vegas at the Hilton. Uh, professional arm wrestling. We talk, uh, Electrician's National Championship. Please explain that to me. I guess you got to plug it in. <laughs> Stupid Robot American Championships. Foreigners are excluded in this one. Stupid Robot. Because foreigners are better at making stupid robots? I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea. And uh, let's see. What can we round this out with? The uh, Heads Up Pinball Invitational. That's a good one. Now, years ago, I I might have competed in that. Yeah, I'm with you. I was pretty dang good at pinball. I could make two quarters last an entire night. (laughs) 
And sadly enough, that was your entertainment on Friday and Saturday nights. Uh, frequently. <laughs> Couldn't get a date. Frank's going to be hanging out at the old uh, ice cream parlor playing pinball. It wasn't an ice cream parlor. It was just a pinball parlor. Pinball parlor. And, and I would make money from it. Yeah. Have you been to the uh, Pinball Hall of Fame yet? I have they not relocated been it, as you know, across from the Mandalay Bay now. I, I heard that they relocated, but I was never at the original one. So Yeah, neither were I. I would like to. So there it is, my friend, the Ocho. You've got uh, that happening. They're taking over ESPN, Why too. do they call it the Ocho? <sighs> to be funny, because instead of ESPN, like, two, three, four, let's go Ocho 8, because I believe that was a reference in Dodgeball. So it was a reference in Dodgeball, so you can blame those clowns. Well, I think whoever came up with that that schedule, they should take some wrenches and throw them at them next time they uh, propose something like this. All right, so that's a terrible Tuesday. Uh, Back to my more TV watching. Last night, you and I talked about this yesterday. I was really looking forward to watching USA, Spain, España, in the quarterfinal match of the men's basketball. With Ricky Rubio going off. Yes, and remember, they played here. They played here at the Mandalay Bay in an exhibition in the United States won. And uh, last night, there was, wasn't was a given that the United States was going to win this game. This game was close for three quarters. The United States ended up winning by double digits. They defeated Spain. But we couldn't watch it. Nope. wasn't on NBC, our local Channel 3. So we go to the second subsidiary, which is NBC Sports Network. 220 if you're on direct TV. I don't know what it is on any Cox or whatever else. And it'd be 1038. There you go. Thank you very much. Couldn't find it there, but I'm watching highlights on both those channels I just mentioned. And I'm waiting. When's the game? I want to watch it because, of course, it's going to show it. After all, it is the most popular Olympic sport, most popular sport really kind of in the world. Definitely Olympic sport. And the game we actually see, started at 940 our time. And we could watch it. So I tuned in and wanted to watch it. But no, couldn't find it. And instead, I got to update. Hey, United States takes the lead, 55-54. Kevin Durant makes a bucket, seven and a half minutes to go in the third quarter. Great, let's watch it. And you can watch it live on Peacock. Peacock? I don't have Peacock. Who has Peacock? I mean, Numbcheck has Peacock, but you got to go and you got to find it and all this other stuff. Watch it on your phone. These guys are paying billions of dollars to air the Olympics. And you're going to take one of the marquee events. And this could have been the last game for the USA. And you can't find it. It's on Peacock. Why are they doing this to us? I, I heard something. About, I, I know that they're trying to get more subscribers to Peacock. Oh. I guess they have some deals on. You see so many Peacock commercials. But I'm with you. I think it's absolutely stupid and asinine. And they're actually just screwing themselves. You mentioned the channels that they were on. It's on NBC. It's on NBC Sports. It's on CNBC. It's on USA. And if you have the Olympic channel, it's on that as well. I have five different channels that I'm surfing through. I couldn't watch the basketball on any of them. Why? Because I'm watching Greco-Roman wrestling, which is extremely boring. I'm watching canoeing. I'm watching team handball, France against the Netherlands or something. No, it's kind of a cool sport, but I'd rather see Team USA and Spain in, in basketball yeah, they're showing all this other stuff, and then everything on NBC is all reruns. I mean, it, you know, it's replays of stuff. Most of the stuff I already knew the results of. I did enjoy a lot of the track and field and things like that. But, yeah, like you, I'm looking at my phone to see what the current right. score of the game is and things like that. Basically just seething going, oh, they're showing the game at like 2.40 in the morning. I'm not 
probably going to watch it. I might be up again. I might not. My sleep pattern is completely discombobulated. So they're going to th- show the replay. I, you know, oh, oh, it's on Peacock. It's not. So Peacock, yeah, I was going to say they're showing the replay at 3 a.m. So I'm thinking, okay, it's going to be on one of the NBCs. No, it's back on Peacock. Well, no, they That's did it. show it last night. They showed it on one of, the, on one of those other stations, but at like 3 o'clock in the morning, not on Peacock. But again, it, it, I think it was 2.40 in the morning that they showed it or something like that. Unbelievable. Yeah, so we're relegated to this. Again, it's been hard to follow. And, and the, the boxing. I know you disaster. love the boxing. Love From it. what I understand, Haven't all the boxing's on Peacock. I think all the boxing's on yeah. Peacock. Haven't seen one match yet. Haven't seen one boxing match. Sickening. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's hard to follow. It's hard to watch. It's, it, it's driving me nuts. All right, so there you go. If, if, if you're a sponsor of these games, and we know that that's another thing that, that you're talking about a terrible thing. Before the games, Toyota mentioned that they were backing out of their sponsorship. Yes. Yet I see Toyota commercials all over the place. They might not be the main sponsor, and they might have scaled it back, but there's definitely Toyota commercials during this Olympics. And they're national commercials, right? They're not your local Finland yeah. ones, right? You're the national. Yeah, they're yeah. the ones with the yeah. girl going, oh, stuck the landing. This, You know, the yeah. same one that's all uh, the Toyotathons, the this and that. Oh, missed this sale. Oh, hurry in. It, it only lasts until the next one starts in two days after this one's over. It's... But yeah, I mean, it, but no, Toyota's definitely all. And a lot of times when they show, when they'll still show the, oh, we'll take the little mini screen, and now there's a commercial break while you're still watching the 1500 swim or something. Right. There's Toyota, there's Subway, there's yeah. this and that. But Toyota for pulling out, they're sure in a lot of commercials. Yeah, I don't think they pulled out. I don't know. I haven't seen Lily lately. That's a good thing. Right? Oh, she's all over it. She's still on it. No, no, she's. I on saw it. some new AT and T commercial. I didn't see her. No, Lily's there because she's got the guy in the background going, "Oh, we have the same deal for new and existing customers." And uh, an existing customer comes in and goes, "Yeah, but uh, what if I'm a uh, what if I'm an existing? Co- oh, turn the sign around." And then, oh, well, what oh, if I'm a new still customer? In and then, oh, no, no, she's definitely there. Does she get a new whiteboard finally? No, she has somebody else now turning around to sign for their new deal. Yeah. It's it's the same great deal for new and existing customers. That. But my reference is, did she finally get a new whiteboard? Because I had to watch for about six months during the NCAA tournament, the NBA final, everything about her and her new whiteboard. The new whiteboard is probably yes. on Peacock because that's where the basketball is. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, we come back. Chuck Esposito is going to join us from Sunset Stations. We'll talk betting. We got baseball. We got football. We got Olympics. Hey, this is Robert De Niro, and you're listening to the T.C. Martin Show. It's good. All right. We're playing Chuck Esposito's and Ballpark Frank song. Well, Numb Chuck, too, as well, too. Play a little Name That Tune with our good friend... Over at Red Rock, Station Casinos, Chuck Esposito. Chuck, name that tune. Little Chelsea Dagger, baby. <laughs> little little Hawks Gold man. Black so Hawk nice Gold. to hear it, although we're still a few months away. Black Hawk Gold, number 88. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chuck, uh, what do you think of that uh, nice little uh, picture we saw today of Marc-Andre Fleury trying on his uh, Blackhawks jersey? Oh, man, it, it brought warmth to my heart, especially after I saw Chris Bryant in a San Francisco Giants jersey and, and Javi Baez in a Mets jersey and Anthony Rizzo in a Yankees jersey. I think us Chicago fans needed a little warmth, and uh, seeing Flower in that Hawks jersey uh, sure helped. Man, no doubt about it. Uh, Chuck Esposito joins us, Station Casinos, Race and Sportsbook Director, you mentioned the baseball and the Cubs and everything. The, the Major League Baseball trade deadline uh, coincides really with the NBA free agency moves, and we'll touch on all this here, Chuck. But uh, 
How how much movement was there in futures odds with both of these things kind of happening simultaneously? There was a lot, guys. I mean, I'll touch on the NBA first. I mean, we were kind of, you know, we're we're in an information era first. So the, the guests on the other side of the counter are extremely educated. Uh, they're getting this information, you know, at the same time we are. Things are tweeted out just like that. I mean, you know, dropping the bulls with the moves that they made and, and looking at the uh, at the um, the heat and the Knicks and, you know, lowering some teams, raising some teams. And that's the same thing we did at, at the baseball trade deadline, looking at the teams now who, you know, had to make some of those moves. Uh, surprise, the Padres didn't do more. We actually raised them a little bit, dropped the Giants, dropped the Dodgers, uh, dropped the Mets, uh, Yankees, uh, Blue Jays. There was a number of teams that made big moves. Now, the one scary thing about baseball, guys, is that, you know, you might be making these moves for one game, and that's the wild card game. Uh, we know there's two wild card teams. They play only one game. If I could change something in baseball, I'd have that be the best of three. Uh, but it's just one game. So we'll see how it plays out. But there's a, a lot of teams in the hunt right now. And you look at a Toronto and, and, and the way that that East is right now, God, they're a really scary good team as well. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And when you go back and you look at what the Cubs have done, just uh, disassembling uh, their team, maybe even their franchise, it's funny here, Chuck, because you know the Cubs had those long-suffering fans, and there are always those moments for maybe a little bit, you know, in the '80s, and then the '90s, and the early 2000s, and then boom, then they kind of struck gold with you know 2016, and they were really relative for a, a long period of time, really even up until last year. And now Cub fans are probably looking at this situation when you get rid of all those guys you mentioned with Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant and Javi Baez. Uh, you know, you go back last year with John Lester, uh, Kyle Schwarber, even this year is having you know a, a great season with the Nationals. You know, Cub fans could be going backwards again here, feeling like you know we'll never get here again, and you know maybe the soonest maybe five, ten years down the road. It doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon, and it has to be a crushing blow to all of fans on the north side. Well, I mean, I think it is a crushing blow, TC, but I'm not going to say it's five or ten years. I mean, it could be a hundred, but no. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> you know, no, but but I, I think, you know, realistically, uh, you, you look at, yeah. you know, a lot of times teams in all sports keep their veteran players way too long. Um, everybody thought we had a dynasty who was a Cubs fan or even baseball, you know, pundits thought this young team was going to stay together. They have underachieved since 2016. They've had their moments and they have made it to the playoffs, but haven't won a playoff series since then. They all could walk October 1st. There was rumblings that they had offered those guys contracts, granted a hometown discount, but, you know, they acquired a lot of minor league talent, which is, again, is you don't know how it's going to pan out. Um, I think they could still be active in free agency. Um, I would make, if I had to make, you know, of those three, the favorite to rejoin the Cubs, I would make it Javi Baez, and I would make the long shot Chris Bryant. That's just me. Um, But it wouldn't surprise me to see Baez return. Um, I think it's probably, you know, more in that three- to five-year range. But I I think everyone just got spoiled. You know, we won that World Series as a young team after a 100-year drought. We all know that flags fly forever. We didn't care what it cost, if it was giving up Torres or what they had to do to win that World Series. They did it. We were ecstatic. Um, but now kind of reality uh, sets in that it's a business, and um, the heart and soul of that team, especially you know Rizzo walking or, or being dealt, 
Um, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, there's no question at all. It's tough being a Cubs fan right now. Well, you know, it's interesting too, Chuck, because when you look at that team, at least when I look at it, they wrote Araldus, uh Chapman as far as they could. They pitched him because they're like, we got him for one season. Let's see if we can win this thing. Cleveland had the home field advantage, which I think totally played into the Cubs' hand because Schwarber wouldn't have been in that lineup without him. And the one criticism I've heard, it's kind of a compliment for the players, but a criticism by some of the fans is Chris Bryant took out an ad and basically said thank you to the Cubs for working with players, finding nice fits for them. But because they did try to accommodate the players and build up some goodwill, a lot of people think that they didn't get nearly, nearly enough in return for those players as far as prospects in that go. Well, I mean, to be honest, Ballpark, you, you could only trade them to teams that were a good fit, that teams were in the pennant race. And there's a lot of teams that aren't in it right now. Um, you know, you, you look at teams, and, and they knew that, you know, it, it's very unusual to have, you know, all of your superstars coming up for free agency the same year. Usually it, they're staggered somewhat, and you have an opportunity to negotiate, maybe decide what you're going to do. They were all coming up. I mean, people knew that, hey, the Cubs had made them offers that were – semi-hometown discounts, these guys had all rejected them, and they were going to walk. I mean, I think it put the Cubs in a in a kind of a bad spot because you run the risk October 1st of getting nothing. Here you're able to get a bunch of young prospects, especially the one from the Mets, and, and you hope that some of these guys pan out. Um, they, did, they did that in the Darvish trade as well. A lot of these guys, you're right, are three to four years away. They're playing, you know, a high A ball at this point. But I think it was a bad spot to be in again because these guys could all potentially walk. And don't forget, even before the trade, they weren't a good team. I mean, you were looked at a team that was in fourth place. At best, maybe they could have crept back into second place. I don't think it was going to happen. It was a team that was going to fall way below the playoffs, and all these guys were going to walk, and you get nothing. The bottom line, guys, I'm a Cubs fan. I wish all three were still there, but it's still a business. And who knows what it will be looked upon in three to five years if some of these kids become superstars at the next level. Well, at least the good news was they didn't trade Bill Murray. I was, a, you know, I was really afraid that the bricks and the ivy were next, and right? I was happy it didn't happen, guys. Now, I did see uh, something on social media that said uh, the, the, the Cubs were getting ready to trade the right field ivy for two starter plants and a bush to be named later. Yeah, scary, boys. Really scary, you know? Uh, and I was thinking, you know, Chuck, I, I want to, you know, you and I have talked about this before, about wanting to get back to Wrigley because it was like a summer tradition you know, for me. And then I actually thought about this a few days ago. I'm going like, you know what? As much as I want to go back to Wrigley Field, now maybe I don't because I, I can't see Bryant, can't see Rizzo. I mean, Baez I could really care less about. But, you know, nah, I, st- I think I'll still go back. I don't know because they still have the Vienna hot dogs right when you go in the, the, the gate there to the right. So maybe I will yeah, go back. I mean, there, there's no question. I mean, there's just something um, magical when you walk into Wrigley Field and you're actually walking up the steps yep. um, to the playing level. And, um, and, uh, and you, know, you, you know that Babe Ruth played there at one point. And just the atmosphere around Wrigley. I mean, to me, Baez did put butts in the seat. I mean, he was an exciting dynamic player i know rizzo was the heart and soul and you've got kb that won a you know an mvp a rookie of the year in a world series um i think all those guys were, were critical in wanting to go see a cup game and and I, it still has a, a crazy cool mystique about it so to me you know it's fun when they're when they're in the hunt and they're competitive and uh you know it's an extra 
added magic to Wrigley. But Wrigley still is a special place for me, and it always will be, uh, regardless of who's on the field, boys. Well, and the fun thing about Wrigley Field, too, is when the Cubs win, you go to all the bars around there to celebrate. When the Cubs lose, you go to all the bars to, uh, you know, drink away your sorrows. So either way, there's a good time (laughs) after the game. (laughs) And it doesn't matter, boys. As long as in the seventh inning you hear, hey, let's get the, you know, it's exciting when you can hear, you know, Harry and and, and just everything around uh, Wrigleyville. You guys are are so right. I mean, it's just a a fun time, you know, and I, I said it earlier and, Flags fly forever. I mean, you talked about a you know a, a century drought and the fact that they won the way they won that year. I mean, it was an exciting gig for me that I got to watch it with my son, and you know he we were got to be part of it and watch the you know the the final game and how it unfolded. Um, but Wrigley will always be a special place to me. It is now, Chuck. When was the last time? Did you go back after 2016? Have you been the last couple seasons? Uh, I think it was around that time. You know that I, that I was been back to Wrigley. I know I've gone back for a number of. Blackhawks games, and, and I've gone to see the Bears play in, uh, in Southern California. Uh, but I believe the last game in Wrigley was several years ago. Uh, and, that's, and the reason why I'm asking is because I know it's been a long time since Frank's been there. And I was there you know, right when they were going through the renovations and they added the new scoreboard and that sort of thing. But I haven't been the last like two or well, three seasons, four seasons. And, again, for someone who loves the Cubs as much as we do and love Wrigley Field as much as we all do, I'm just wondering, did it have a different effect for you you know, seeing all of the renovations, not just inside the park, but even you know around the park as well, too. Uh, you know, it, it didn't in a negative way, guys. I, I think, you know, understanding that, hey, look at how old this ballpark is. And, I mean, you see pictures of, you know, horse-drawn carriages in front of the stadium and knowing that there's no parking around the stadium and where you have to park and the atmosphere and having a, you know, a souvenir vendor down the street and you're, you're parking in, in grocery stores or cemeteries. That's on or, Clark, baby. You know, it's so, uh, right, right. I had to throw that. It, in. It, it really didn't negatively affect me. I understand that there's changes, and as long as the ivy and the brick and and everything you know else around it, it there still has some nostalgia to it. Um, to me, I'm okay with it. Yeah, the the one thing that I do find a little bit tacky, which uh, which I'm not okay with, is when I go there now and you see like four or five ticket brokers all around the field, where they're, you know. And it's the Cubs that own the ticket brokers, and it's like they're literally charging more money for their own seats that they sold. That just leaves a bad taste in my mouth, but maybe I'm just bitter. <laughs> I, I, I think that's it. All right, Chuck Esposito's joining us. Uh, Red Rock Station. Chuck, uh, it's, it's official. You, you're, you have a new home over there. And, uh, so, I do. So I congratulations. Mean, I, I do. And let's talk Thank a little you. bit about that. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It's, it's exciting to be here with um, with uh, Jason McCormick and uh, um, and Jason Symbol and Bert Sorrentione. It's fun. I mean, we we've have a great team here. Uh, we had a, a great tutelage and, and leader in in Art uh, Antares. And after he retired, it was it's fun to have an opportunity to kind of come up here and, um, and be with the boys and have some fun moving forward. Uh, Sunset will always be in my heart. I was there for for ten years, and you know, being on the strip for a long time. And then coming to a you know the locals' favorite, um, I didn't realize how much I was missing, and I was missing in in building relationships and and getting new friends and having an opportunity to talk to these guests you know on a daily basis. So I look forward to doing the same thing here at Red Rock and uh, a lot of exciting times uh, you know ahead. Can't wait for football to get started, boys. I know we are right around the corner from that. So now to go see Chuck Esposito, you go over to Red Rock, and uh, Frank's liking that because he he can walk over and see you anytime now. 
Yeah, I, I look forward to seeing you, Frank. That's yeah, awesome. I, I, I generally drive, but Red Rock is definitely my go-to place. But yeah, I, I live just right Great. down the road from there a little bit, so that is that's definitely where I spend more time than uh, well, sometimes than I should. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I look forward to having you come over and say hi, buddy. Hey, back to the baseball real quick here, Chuck. Uh, the yeah. NL West, I mean, it's it's wild. I mean, you've got the Giants surprising everybody, and you mentioned Chris Bryant going over there, uh, and he homers in his first game uh, with the Giants on Sunday against the Astros. Uh, I saw that. That was phenomenal. And then now, you know, th- this Giants team looks like they're not going anywhere. The Dodgers, they get Shearzer and Trey Turner uh, trying to shore up that bullpen. Still a little bit of a mess, but the Padres won't go away. Uh, how do you see this division shaking out? And from a betting perspective, uh, what kind of moves have we seen lately? Well, I mean, the way I see it shaking out is, I mean, it looks like Giants and Dodgers now with the injury to Tatis. I think that is just a catastrophic blow if he ends up missing the remainder of the season. Padres still could, you know, could be a wild card team without him. But, man, to lose him, it just it, it, you're not going to have that same lineup. Um, for me, again, it's paramount for one of those teams to win it. It's because if you don't, you become that wild card team, and it's just one game. Uh, the way the betting goes, guys, it's been a strange year for us. I mean, baseball is always a little tough from our side of the counter. And, um, you know, when you look at the West, it used to just be the Dodgers were a play on. Now they're playing the Giants, Dodgers, and Padres. But on the flip side, they're playing against the Rockies and D-backs. And those are all the West Coast games or the night games. So we always have a lot going into those late games on a nightly basis. And it just becomes magnified if it's, you know, like last night, Giants, D-backs, or, or Dodgers, Rockies. Um, it's magnified because they're playing on one side and, and fading the other team. Um, but, hey, still a lot of baseball left to be played. We'll see what happens the last few months. Um, but uh, uh, those teams in the, in the West, Giants and Dodgers, I mean, they desperately want to finish one uh, because that second-place team at a wild-card team, you only have one shot to move on. And you mentioned Scherzer going to the uh, the Dodgers. That was not only a big move for them, especially with the troubles they have with, with Bauer right now, but there was reports that he was going down to San Diego. So they not only got him, they kept him from going away from him going to one of their biggest contenders. Yeah, I mean, actually, guys, it, it sounded more like it was Dodger or uh, Padres Red Sox seemed like the two teams that were way more in on him, and then the, the Dodgers, you know, swooped in. I mean, You've got a team that's encroaching $300 million on the salary cap, or no cap, I'm sorry, $300 million payroll. Um, it, it's tough in baseball, you know. I mean, that's what I think, you know, really helps football and hockey is that competitive balance that it's more of a, a hard cap, especially in the NHL, where you have difficult decisions to be made. Um, in this particular case, it's not surprising that, you know, the, the big fish were able to feed out there um, when the trade deadline came about. All right, finally, uh, Chuck, before I let you go, a nice piece in the RJ today talking about you and Jason McCormick and, and everybody and all the plethora of new uh, betting options. Real quick, why don't you hit on that? Yeah, I think it's, it's great. There's so many new things. If it's a penny line or buying up to two points, uh, a lot of cool features on the in-play. We just launched our new mobile app uh, last week. So a lot of cool stuff, guys. We're, we're running the up to $500 bonus again uh, for new STN guests. So come on in, get signed up. Football's right around the corner. First game is Thursday. There's a lot of games, preseason games, this year on TV. And what better way to bring the sports book to your house or to the palm of your hand is to get signed up for STN Sports right now, up to a $500 bonus. And skip the line when you're in one of our properties. We've got kiosks for all of our properties, the Wildfire Gaming and the El Cortez.
You got it. Great stuff. All right, we will uh, see you very, very soon over there. Chuck, now over at Red Rock uh, Casino. Great stuff. All right, buddy, we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, boys. Have a great day. You got it. There he is. Chuck Esposito, yeah, moving from uh, Henderson over to Summerlin over at Red Rock, and uh, we'll be over there and, and seeing him. I know you'll be seeing him a lot. I'll be right? seeing him. And, and, and yeah. let's face it, I mean, that's a happening uh, area yeah. over there with Red Rock and then mm-hmm. City National Arena, the Las Vegas Ballpark, the Summerlin Mall. So a lot of stuff mm-hmm. to do in that area. All right. Uh, it's an anniversary today, and I thought about you. Today, August the 3rd, I mean, going back to ni- 1987. Today is the 3rd, right? Yeah. There it is. This happened. Do a search like this. Oh, Nico. Quite like this before. <laughs> and he's out of there. He's been kicked out of the game. They found the foreign substance coming out of his pocket. Now I've been doing this for 12 years, and I do it. I put it in, in my in my pants in the clubhouse before I go down and warm up. I don't find my fingernails between starts, and I go down there, and if my fingers don't feel right. I found him in a bullpen. You know, I've just never really thought about it. And it's, you know, I'm not saying, hey, I've got an emery board in my pocket. Hope they don't come out here. I just never really thought about it. Anniversary. Phil Necro, who's playing with the Twins at that time, August 3rd, 1987, being searched and then ejected for having a nail file in his pocket. Good old Phil Necro. Didn't hide it. Well, no, he said that he never even thought about it. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and again, him and his brother Joe both with and you don't see knuckleballers, period, anymore. Right. To have brothers both make it to the majors and as successful as they were. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talk about pitchers and, you know, brother combos and that. I don't know that the Negro brothers get quite the credit that they deserve as uh, how successful both of them were. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you think of knuckleballers, I think of Wilbur Wood and, and people like that. Charlie Huff, you know, even a little later. And Charlie Huff, you know, pitched to, he was yeah. almost 50. Uh, but those knuckleballers, they can have long careers. And well, yeah, both I mean, Phil and Joe, play, you know, Wilbur Wood all played. Wil- Wilbur the, Wood, know, I, remember, I remember at Comiskey Park when he started both games of a doubleheader. Yeah. Tim Wakefield, another one that uh, people, you know, will remember. You know, Tim Wakefield pitching to the, you know, way into the 2000s and everything. And but, did yeah. you ever see a knuckleballer on the mound when somebody would homer off him that the announcer didn't say, well, that one zigged when it should have zagged? Exactly. They yeah. always it, use that yeah, line. That one didn't knuckle. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, in this day and age where we see pitchers searched, you know, almost strip searched now uh, on a regular basis, you know, when they come out, uh, and uh, Phil Necro was ejected for having a nail file in his pocket. Can you imagine if that happened today? Wow. Talk, I mean, the suspension. Well, he'd have been be... suspended. I'm just waiting for the point when baseball just puts one of those TSA gates right, right across the foul line that the pitcher's got to walk through on the way back to the dugout or right. something. Because <laughs> it seems like it's going that direction. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was uh, pretty apropos for today. There's the anniversary that uh, we're talking quite a bit about. These days, with with pitchers, if they ever find anything on Otani, does that mean he can't play the outfield either? Is he just throwing out of the game? <laughs> He's throwing out, man. That's it. That's it. So he better not cheat then, because be, because the suspension to him is more than most pitchers. He doesn't just miss like a start or two. Correct. He misses every game. <laughs> All right. I want to thank Chuck Esposito, TJ Reeves for joining us today. Tomorrow, Chris Bosio is going to join us, and we're specifically going to talk to Boz about the deconstruction of his former team where he was a pitching coach, the Chicago Cubs. I believe three players are left from that World Series team that Basio was the pitching coach of in 2016.
Yeah, maybe maybe if we have time to get his thoughts on what he thinks about the minor leaguers and guys like Todd Frazier playing in the Olympics. This is true. Yeah, good stuff too. All right, uh, appreciate it as always. We're back at it again tomorrow. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website at tcmartinshow.com. Check out the articles. Check out the interviews. Go to the classic interview page. Go to the, all the different pages there and check it all out. For Ballpark Frank, TC saying so long. We'll catch you tomorrow at 2.